Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, my guest is Rich Strube from Eden. I'm thrilled to have Rich back on the podcast. Um, you know, Eden is is a phenomenal restaurant, top of my list here in Syracuse, doing exceptional things, a 100% wood-fired kitchen. And I try, like, I tell so many people about that. They're like, what does that mean? It means it's fucking amazing. That's what it means. Um, I'm thrilled to have Rich in the podcast. I wanted to bring him on um, for a number of reasons. I love talking to him. I love hearing, you know, kind of getting his perspective on food and, and, and restaurants and all that. But in light of the nicer food scene, I don't want to call it fine dining and I don't want to call it like the best, you know, or whatever. Um, but in light of some of our better restaurants leaving Syracuse, you know, St. Urban, um, left and is, you know, moving down to go and open up in New York City. Amano, it's changed. Alex and Lauren aren't there any longer. Um, still a phenomenal restaurant without question and one that I would highly recommend to just about anybody. Um, and, you know, you've got Anthony Fiaki, who's like the gold standard of hospitality in the restaurant industry in central New York. And you have Noah, who is like producing like... If somebody came to me and said, you can only have one pizza for the rest of your life, the answer is anything that Noah Fiaki is making. Um, and so, you know, still a phenomenal restaurant, but, I'm not, you know, Alex and Lauren aren't here anymore, and that makes a difference. Um, and so I wanted to have Rich in to talk about that and to talk about, like, kind of his, we you know, we talk about, like, his creativity and his process of, you know, restaurant management and menu development and all these different things, so... It was a great time. I really enjoyed this conversation and talking with him. You know, um, a lot of things have changed recently in the world of social media, you know, with Eat Local New York. I mean, the mission, the whole reason why I started this company was to promote restaurants online and, and try and get, you know, the general public to go out to eat at local independent restaurants and go visit local independent breweries and coffee shops over chains. And I've talked about this before, but you know, it's a good reminder for me to go through it again. You know, I started this because I met with a restaurant owner who was failing. And I, I decided in that time, like, I need to start something where I can influence people to go out and support local restaurants who need help. And, you know, for the last eight years, I've done that it's on a small scale and on like a slightly bigger scale. Um, today. And I've done that through social media. And, you know, the world of social media has made it very difficult to do that today because, you know, algorithms change so often nowadays. And, you know, content that they, that it gets shown to followers, it's just like the content that I could make six months or four months ago that I could almost guarantee would get uh, a certain amount of views today I can't guarantee that at all. It's like the, everything has been flipped almost. And it's not just, it's definitely through Instagram, but it's also through platforms like TikTok. And so it just made things really interesting. Um, and it's made me really try to reevaluate what I'm doing with the content that I create and, and how I tell, like what the stories are that I'm going to tell you about restaurants and, and, and how I'm going to tell those stories. And, you know, for the last month or two, <clears throat> especially for those who have followed us on Instagram and on social, you've noticed like the absence of Nicole. So Nicole's no longer with the company. And so now I'm back to a one-man band doing this. And it makes things really challenging. Um, 
I am, <clears throat> I have been weighing the options of like, do I, do I start talking about more serious things and the subjects that I want to talk about, like local food, produ like food production and agriculture in New York state and those relationships between farmers and distrib distributors and, and food wholesalers and restaurants and customers, you know, do I want to talk about the importance of, of, of us supporting local food in every sense at every level and not just saying, oh, I'm going to go support Tully's today, you know? Um, so, or do I want to keep talking about which restaurant has the best cheese pool? I don't fucking know. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out and I think it's going to be some sort of a hybrid, but if there's one thing that's, that's, that I'm, I'm learning. It's like, you can't just post and assume you're going to be seen by 100,000 people today. You have to post and know and and expect to be seen by 1,000, but be, be okay with that and, like, really develop sort of a following and a fan base with those 1,000 and then grow from there. Um, <clears throat> and so I think it's... it's uh, I'm hoping that doing with that and starting to talk more about and, and show more of a passion for great food will, you know, maybe play some small role in um, passionate people who are at home making food start to bring their passion to the masses and open a restaurant or, or do a pop-up or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. So, I don't know, a lot of things are changing in the world of social media, food, hospitality, restaurants. It's a really interesting time. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're a restaurant owner and you've experienced those things that like, you know, drop and reach on social media, Hey, follow my marketing page. It's yummy socials. It's only on Instagram. It's yummy dot socials, I believe, or yummy socials.com. And there I post podcasts where I go in depth on like these marketing things and content creation hacks for, and marketing tips for really specifically restaurant owners and independent restaurant owners. So please go give us a follow and uh, yeah, let's grow. Let's uh, learn about all that stuff together, everybody. Uh, I want to talk about our sponsor this week, Brown Carbonic, wonderful family owned and operated business here in central New York. And I've really enjoyed working with uh, Sean and the Brown Carbonic family. They provide so much for the food hospitality industry from, you know, craft sodas and beverages, which is a massive deal. I talk about it all the time, but it's such a huge deal to mix gases for your draft beer system. Give them a call today, 315-454-3591. That's 454-3591. Let them know you heard about them right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. Again, Brown Carbonic, great company to use. If you need ice, ice machines, dish machines, craft sodas or beverages, again, mix gases for your draft beer system, so many different things, reach out to them today. Well, without further ado... Let's get into this week's episode. It's my conversation with Rich from Eden. Do you find that the, like your creativity, I mean, I know a little bit like you're into music and, you know, arts, right? Videography yeah. a little bit. So do you notice, does that, is that, pretty common amongst chefs would you say where like the creative the creative process just extends to different areas um i don't know most of the chefs that i know don't play music 
Mm-hmm. Like the the really like exceptional chefs that I know don't like play music or engage in other arts that I that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, they're definitely fans of it. Yeah. Uh, I know Eric from Hen of the Wood is a huge. Uh, he, he's really into music. Mm-hmm. Um, when they opened their second restaurant, or third restaurant actually, uh, he just put a library of all kinds of mm-hmm. like uh, vinyl up, and That's people cool. could just go in and like play whatever they wanted. Which yeah, is pretty nice. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What is it? Um, Hmm. Does it help, like, does playing music help you uh, express yourself in the kitchen or in the menu? Um, or do you not think, of, is I it just really kind of like... Think, I, don't, I don't really think too much about it. Playing music is like, it's it's an expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, it's trying to get out what's what's in my head, you mm-hmm. know? Because like, I'll, I'll think of a little like, you know, musical line or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just, I, I want to like express it. I yeah. want to hear it, you know. You think? Um, do you view? Is it the same way in the kitchen for you? Is it kind of a sim- similar like release? I don't. I think I approach it differently. Mm-hmm. I think it's more. Oh, these things. I, I guess. I mean, there's similarities for sure. Because um, once you know, like with music, once you know the basics and like you understand chord structure and a little bit of music theory, Mm -hmm. um, you can just kind of fit within those veins. And then maybe you throw in like, you know, like there's borrowed chords in some songs. So you you borrow a chord from another key. Mm. And if I was going to, I guess if I was going to kind of compare the two, I would say that that is something we do because it's like, I talk with Derek, my sous chef about this all the time, or chef de cuisine, whatever you want to call him. (laughs) Um, He'll say, like, oh, do, do we want to do this? And I'll say, yeah, but we got to make it interesting. Mm. So there needs to be some kind of spin on it that makes it not, mm. you know. I think we're going to do, like, beef stroganoff next week. Mm. But we're going to do something to make it not <laughs> beef stroganoff, not just just beef stroganoff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the way we approach it. Yeah. Um, yeah, is it hard? Is it like music, it's hard to be original in music, especially nowadays, depending on what you want to do, I guess. There's some lawyer out there that's, He's. I think he put together every, or there's a musician that put together every possible combination of notes. <laughs> so that's the legal process for like copyright laws <laughs> would be null and void. Hmm. They're, they're they're working on that. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, every there's only twelve notes on a scale, right? Um, in Western music, so yeah, like yeah. how you know how many ways hmm. can you put that together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I the Ed Sheeran famously had the the court case like a few years ago and. Like he got on the stand and with his guitar and and played like all of these different songs using the same chords that were in his song that he was accused of, you know, stealing from somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it's every, like the one, four, and five chord, like every song is is that. Or like there's like <laughs> they call it the sad female uh, songwriter progression. It's like you know six, five, four, or something like mm. it's 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 like in a minor key. That's pretty um, interesting. Yeah, there's there's tons of music theory videos out there that, that explain all that. Yeah, I dove really deep on that during COVID. Yeah, because there was nothing else to do. So, <laughs> so do you? Is it is it uh, if it's hard to stay original with music, is it hard to stay original in the kitchen? <sighs> That's a tough question. Um, I borrow ideas from a lot of people and a lot of places that I go to. But I'll try and put my own spin on it, so it's not like an exact copy of whatever I saw. Yeah. Um, that being said, like sometimes it's 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 very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, good idea is a good idea. 
mm. no matter where it comes from. But, you know, we do try to keep it as original as, as possible. We're definitely, like, unique for this area, mm. um, you know, cooking over the, the wood fire. Uh, but there's also, like, a lot of tradition. Like, food is steeped in a lot of tradition. And I think it's important to respect that, too. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's, that's interesting to think about, like, the um, Devin from Brick and Barrel out in Beeville. He was fascinated by food history and just, like, history in general and how food, you know, tied into it yeah. apart from. Uh, and so it was uh, – he loved d- diving into those sort of things and trying to make that connection. It was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, – you know, I've always had the opinion, like, there's no new idea, Right. I stole yeah. it from Ecclesiastes, right? You know, nothing new under heaven. And I, I, when I read that, I, I thought, well, maybe that's the same for ideas, you know? Like, yes, I have this idea today, and, and maybe it's unique in a certain way based on technology, you know, technological advancements, but I'm sure someone throughout human history has had the similar idea. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, if you've ever experimented, experimented with psychedelics, like, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> like everything's been thought of. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it all exists in the universe. Yeah, currently. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised how many people when I when I say to them when I talk about Eden and I say it's a hundred percent wood fired oven or wood fired kitchen, how many of them just kind of look at me blankly, like, "What is that?" You mean pizza? That's like <laughs> the number one quote. Really? Oh, you guys do pizzas here? Well, sometimes for staff <laughs> meal, but. Um, and so they look at me blankly like that, like, why is that a big deal? And then I immediately followed up with, that means they have to like build a, a bonfire. They have to build a fire every night that they want to cook food and they still look at me strange. And then I pull up my phone and I show them either a picture <laughs> <laughs> or that video. I, I snagged a quick cell phone video the other day. that's like eight seconds long of just like panning across the line. And uh, and I showed a couple people that over the weekend. They're like, "Oh, that's wild! I didn't know that those places exist- existed." I get that too. Like even from so I I got invited to go down to the Certified Angus Beef, um, mm. their headquarters in Ohio, and do like this really. It was a super cool class. We got to hang out with a couple animal scientists. We broke mm. down a whole cow. Um, we learned a lot about beef production. Uh, but you know, I was there with like I think there was eighteen other chefs, maybe twenty other chefs. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, my kitchen's, like, totally wood-fired, and they didn't get it either <laughs> until I finally showed them a picture of, like, yeah, we have two Argentinian-style grills. We have this, this um, two different kinds of ovens. Yeah. And, and they were like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It, it, it really is. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, I don't see too much of that. Like, I follow a lot of restaurants in New York City and stuff, and I don't, there's not many that I follow that cook, you know, on, you know, open flame. There's a couple. There's a... Uh, Peasant is in the uh, in the village in the West Village, I think. Um, they're an Italian restaurant. They do. I'm jealous of their oven. It's, oh, really? Yeah, it's beautiful. Hmm. Uh, Barbudo used to have a really nice oven too. That was hmm. uh, like two layers. Uh, they lit a fire on the bottom and then it heated up the the base, so you hmm. could like make a pizza and then the, it would circulate over the top. You get that convection too. Oh, wow! Which is really cool. Um, the only other one I've been to that was totally wood fired was Lania Brava in Chicago, hmm. and that was a that was a super cool experience. Yeah, they sunk a lot of money into that place. It's hmm. it's beautiful. Hmm. Um, is it hard? I mean, I know we were just talking about like, ins- you know, inspiration and uh, creativity. And granted, we've got the power of the internet and cookbooks and and history of phenomenal chefs and all those things. But 
Is it hard to find creativity for, or like, is it hard to find new, new interesting things that are people that people are doing uh, in food? I don't know. I've been focused more on cocktails lately. Oh, really? Honestly, yeah. Um, new and interesting. I haven't seen anything new and interesting in a while that like really blew my mind. People are putting together some some cool stuff. Like we had. Uh, so a couple of years ago, we went to a place called Ada in Long Island City, and the chef there made this biryani that was mind blowing. Mm. Um, and the creative part of that was that he actually put the naan over the top of the bowl. Mm. So when you broke into it, it was just like mm. all the smells. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah, it was really, really wonderful, uh, wonderful dish. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people are going back to the roots. Yeah. Um, you know, last time we were in New York, we went to Illili, I think was the name of the restaurant. Mm. It was a Lebanese place. Okay. And the server came up to us and she was like, just so you know, we serve like traditional Lebanese food. Like, don't expect like That's awesome. your, your regular, like, you know, <laughs> Americanized version of it. Mm. Uh, and so we got kibbeh, kibbeh, however you pronounce it. Um, that was interesting. It was a mm. lot on the palate. Yeah. But really, really good. Mm. You could imagine like being in Lebanon and, <laughs> and eating that. Like it's just like all the flavors together. Yeah. Uh, like raw onion and mm. yeah, it, was, it was it was intense, but also like really wonderful. Yeah. I know a part of it's just research, but I, I always whenever I go to like a an, uh, a restaurant that serves like an ethnic food that I'm not familiar with, which is most pretty much all of them. Uh, <laughs> it might be it's like great. I, I think it's delicious, but depending on what I get. But I don't know if it's authentic. I don't know if it's traditional. I don't know if it's like, you know, this is their, this is the American version. Like this is the version that they made to, to make the, you know, upstate New Yorker enjoy it uh, or not. Or if it's, or if I went to the streets of whatever country, you know, that is that I would find the exact same thing. Well, I mean, what is authentic at the end of the day? Like everybody's grandma made, yeah, made it different. So, you know, authentic to that place authentic to that family like mm-hmm. what you know you listen to people like argue over italian food like you know what what is gravy <laughs> everybody's yeah. grandma made it different you know right so yeah i've had that argument about mexican food you know people are like oh it's the best mexican i've ever had for places around here uh which is always untrue uh, <laughs> and and then i'm like well okay but mexico is a large country and you know there's there's i'm sure just like italy like different parts of the country eat different types of food and have different, you know, things that they enjoy, recipes and dishes and preparation. So, you know, what is it? And, uh, I mean, obviously we don't have like, I would say we probably don't have like real Mexican food here in in upstate New York or definitely not in Syracuse. I mean, I've had some good Mexican food here. Really? Uh, Yeah. I have a friend, uh, she brought me these burrilla tacos one day. From somebody that has a small business, and I can't, I'm spacing the name. Is it Beria right Case of Tacos? I have to get back to you on that. If it's if it's the lady I'm thinking of, um, she was operating out of her kitchen for like two or three years, and she would just deliver them, and you like had to Venmo her and message her on Facebook to get them. And then in May, she opened up inside the Salt City Test Kitchen, and so now she's doing two days a week there. Okay, I had them there. Absolutely phenomenal. She's from um, uh, Jalisco, Mexico, which is a region where 
you know, tequila's from, yep. and um, where birria was, you know, invented. And her family moved to Los Angeles when she was a little girl, and her dad was known in their neighborhood in L.A. as, like, the king of birria. <laughs> she, okay. she grew up watching him <laughs> make it. So she now makes birria tacos here, and she makes her own tortillas for every order. So they're... It's very likely the same woman. Wildly uh, amazing. Like, so good. Yeah, they were... I mean, they were good, like, cold an hour later. Yeah. They were, they, yeah, they were great. Yeah. Um, I was really grateful to get those. Yeah. I was having a tough day that day, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. So like those, I would consider you know uh, you, you know I understand like authentic to who, but uh, other than that, I don't know, man. You know, it's um, I, I'm not on like on a quest to find like the most authentic things, but there's certain things with all the food that I eat. And I'm, I'd say I'm pretty much aware of ninety percent of the restaurants and what they do in Syracuse, and then like the immediate surrounding area that I've kind of. It's, I don't know. I've kind of like written it off to a certain extent. Most of the places, like, all right, I know them. I know what they do. I know the mindset of the people making the food, and I'm trying to find something better. Well, I mean, it kind of like begs the question: What is authentic, right? So, like, yeah, authentic to us is sourcing from New York State, and you know, mm. doing the best we can with the ingredients that we can get here. Yeah, um, mm. and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, uh, I think. It's authentic if you put your heart and your soul into it, and mm. and really like work hard at it and try to perfect it. Yeah, um, and you do that over a long period of time, like then you're then you're creating something. You're creating something that's real. You're not like you're not going to convince me that Chipotle is authentic Mexican food, <laughs> you know, because it's not because it's a it's a corporation. Yeah, but I think if if a bunch of individuals get together and they're really trying hard to make something special out of you know what's going on in their, in their community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's authentic to me. Mm. Yeah. And that's where, where it stems from. You know, you look at like Italian food, like the North is like eggs and milk because mm. that's what they grew. And then, you know, mm. Sicily, fish and tomatoes. Right. So that's kind of, mm. that's where those cuisines came from. Yeah. So that, that is authentic to Italy. So like, we're just trying to do that with New York state. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. <laughs> I want to take a quick moment and remind you to buy the Eat Local New York card. It's out right now. You can save $5 every time you go out to eat and support one of the local restaurants that accept it. There's over 150 of them across the entire state of New York. The card's 25 bucks, and every time you go out to eat, you spend $25 or more. Show your card. You get $5 off your bill. Great restaurants like Eden and Evergreen across the street, Buried Acorn Brewing Company, and so many more. Head over to eatlocalnewyork.com and buy your card today. And now, back to the podcast. When you say authentic to the person, like, are they try, Are they making the best thing? I, I do have a lot. I love Syracuse and, you know, the food and the people here. But um, I'm also incredibly critical of it. Um, I think more so now um, than I was, like, three years ago. But because I don't see as many interesting things happening in food anymore. Um, I do love seeing people, like, there's this guy who has this thing on Instagram. It's called Mojo's. It's do, He's doing vegan food, which, you know, I could... Um, food's good, but I'd rather have hamburger. But uh, anyways, he's doing vegan food out of his kitchen, super illegally, only sells on, <laughs> only sells on Instagram. Um, deliver, like, I think he only... Maybe he only does a day a week. I think Mondays right now. He'll... Like, last week it was this vegan hamburger burrito this week it was curried uh fried cauliflower 
from okay. Fry's. And so it's only through Instagram. You have to DM him. You have to either pay him cash or Venmo him. And, you know, he'll get, tell you, all right, I'll be there around noon. And he shows up with your food and hands it off. And that's it. <laughs> it's an interesting business model. <laughs> yeah. I hope the health department's not listening. <laughs> um, <coughs> I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I hope it's really good food. The, the wrap that I had last week, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, but, I mean, obviously, I don't want somebody doing that and, like, delivering Tostino's pizza rolls out, you know, to the public. Yeah. But, you know, somebody who I think is, like, trying to take a swing, doesn't have the money to, like, get into a place, wants to make their food, and is doing it, like, really differently, I love that. I mean, it's a big capital investment to open a brick-and-mortar restaurant. Mm. You know, we I think we spent almost three-quarters of a million dollars wow. building our place out. Mm. And it was already zoned to be a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did put a lot of work into it. Yeah. But it's a big capital investment. And whether or not you're going to get a return on that, like, we're lucky. We're four years in. Mm-hmm. Most restaurants don't make it that far. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fingers crossed. I hope we're going to make it to year five because that's, like, supposed to be, you know, when you when you figured out if you're going to make it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're doing pretty well with it. It's But it's a, it's a lot. Um to just put that money up and then hope you make it back. Yeah. And the margins are so small, especially now. Mm-hmm. Like the price of everything has gone up. Yeah. And I look at I look at our mini prices. I'm like, that doesn't look fair, but it's what we have to charge, you Because know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it being a little less expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mm. we we have to charge what we have to charge just because every the price of everything has gone up. How does that fit into the world of like? Fine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say fine. I'm gonna say better food. I won't say fine food. But how does that fit into the world of like better food in Syracuse, New York today? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I've said this. You know, I, I've texted to you. I said it on Friday. I've said it. I think you know, anybody that listens to me, um, that you're like the last one in the city of Syracuse. Abioko still great food. Love Anthony and Noah. But obviously, half the menu isn't what it used to be when Alex and Lauren were there just a few short months ago. Um, still, I'll go in there and support them all day long. You know, I still think Noah makes the best pizza or my favorite pizza in the city. You haven't tried Derek's pizza yet. I haven't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get invited to staff meal. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like you're, you are the last one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a scale. There's, it's not black and white like you know, we're great and you're not like there's, <laughs> it's obviously we're trying to do, to do great things. Um, mm. but I think a lot of those other restaurants are too. Uh, so there's a sliding scale. Like I, mm. I hope we're near the top of that. Yeah. Um, and we work really hard to try to be near the top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. but it's disappointing to see, you know, those other restaurants that I think were, were exceptional. Yeah. Like, you know, the defeats and the St. Urban's kind of, Go, go, and obviously Alex and Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why they why they made their decisions, but I am disappointed that there's not a better higher end food scene here. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. My wife and I were talking about it Saturday, and I was and I, I Defi, I believe they were still open. Yeah, they were because they were all before the pandemic. So at one point, Syracuse had Saint Urban. Defee, you, and Alex and Lauren and Amano all at the same time. Yeah. Four exceptional restaurants 
all I would sort of put into like the similar category of um, uh, people who know what they're doing and are interesting and are putting out interesting food different from the mass, not trying to appeal to the masses, you know, um, and, uh, and not necessarily like, oh, well, they're fine dining or anything like that, but, um, but just exceptional food. So we had those four, all four of you in that same, in my category of that, but all still doing four very different things. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe the two closest were Defee and St. Urban, but, um, but still wildly different approaches to it. And I mean, I'd, 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 I'd probably murder someone right now to have <laughs> you know, all four back open. Yeah. That would be wonderful. I mean, I, I want a place to go out to eat, you know, <laughs> on, a, on a Friday when I can actually get away from the restaurant. Like, you know, yeah. I would love to go and experience something like St. Urban or, you mm-hmm. know, go right down the street to defeat. Yeah. Um, but again, like, you know, I understand why, why the people that were running those places decided to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I don't blame them. I mean, right. It's a Syracuse is a tough sell. Yeah. To a lot of people, especially when you're when you're in it, when you're used to being in a competitive market, like Alex was in Philly, like Jared was in New York, you know, to a certain extent, like I was in Vermont, mm-hmm. um, to, for different reasons. Yeah. Like New York and Philly have a lot of people, so that's a, that makes it a competitive market. Right. Vermont has no people. Which makes it a competitive market because you're trying to get the couple people that are there to actually come into your restaurant. Um, so when you're used to being in that kind of competitive market, and then you come here and there's like really not a whole lot of competition, um, it doesn't seem like the mm. the media is really behind you as much as they could be. Uh, it's it's a little disheartening. Yeah. So, and if you want if you want a Michelin star, you got to be in a city. Right. You know, uh, if you want a James Beard Award, like. You look at, uh, I think, the 10 semifinalists last year, 10, 12 semifinalists last year, three of them were outside of New York. Because hmm. New York is its own. Yeah, ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think Syracuse is such a tough sell for the, for that besides, you know, population? Well, I mean, you know, why why do people live here? Like, I know I live here because of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would still live in Vermont if it wasn't for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you look at even like Utica, Utica has a great food scene. You got Modus, you got Taylor and the Cook, mm-hmm. uh, Ocean Blue to a certain extent. I think the people that live there live there because they want to be near the, near the Adirondacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Syracuse is kind of, it's a drive from, from the Adirondacks. It's, you mm-hmm. know, school system's not fabulous. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> can be kind of dangerous at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I think it's a tough sell to some people. Mm-hmm. That's is that that's why you think it's. I mean, what makes it so hard for restaurants like yourself? I mean, you know, you all like you said, you know, you're approaching five years, and you know, doing good, doing well. What makes it so difficult for some of these restaurants to st- to stick around, like Alex and Lauren, or or you know, I know that you know, I guess maybe that maybe I'm answering my own question right now. It, it's tough to like. It is kind of tough to have this full conversation about those three other restaurants because they all had different reasons, you know. Like I know Alex and Lauren, I'm friends with them and have spoken about this plenty of times. And I know part of the reason why um, they wanted to get out 
I guess, is uh, maybe that's not the most proper, you know, best way to phrase it. Um, but part of part of their frustration, I think, with the local restaurant scene was people who just didn't get what they were doing. You know, customers who would still come in and say, "Hey, wait, where's the where's the chicken riggies?" and you know, I want chicken parm and veal parm, and why aren't those things on the menu? And there's some of that. Like whenever somebody asks me for a one at the restaurant, I want to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> Do you, you get know? that a lot? Uh, A1 and ranch. Really? And I would go across the street and grab ranch from the Evergreen if they actually made it, but they don't. So <laughs> like, we do our best to like to appease everybody. Yeah. We will like grab Tabasco from Maxwell's, just like ask if we can borrow it or, you know. But yeah, it makes me want to bang my head against the wall. Like, there's already sauce on the steak. Like just <laughs> eat it the way it is. Um. I was listening to, I forget if it was Seth Godin, I think it was Seth Godin, and he was talking about, um, it was one of his YouTube like podcasts, and he was talking about, well, I forget what the point of his story was, but he was saying that him or a friend of his would always go to this one restaurant down the street with family, and let's just say for argument's sake, it was him. He would always go to this restaurant with his family down the street, and he's a vegetarian, and so whenever he would go to the restaurant... He would say, can I get this dish, but I don't want them, like, you know, maybe it's the steak and root vegetables, but I don't want the beef. I'm a veg- vegetarian, so can you just, like, put more vegetables on the plate or whatever the case is? And he said the first two or three times they would accommodate and there would be no issue. But then as the restaurant got busier and more popular, the and he went in there and asked for the same thing. The chef came out of the kitchen and said, thank you so much for your business on your last few visits. I think that the restaurant down the street that's a vegetarian restaurant is better suited to your needs. I think you, you should go there from now on. And he said it, and Seth was saying this in like a positive light, like as a company, as a business, you should know kind of who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Yeah. And focus in on those things instead of trying to like necessarily uh, change and appeal to the masses. Um, how do you feel about that, though, when it comes to like your restaurant? Well, I think there's different tiers. I mean, when you're looking at like... Take Tully's, for example. Like, Tully's is Tully's, you know. They're not going to, they're likely not going to go out of their way to to make, to accommodate you, like, in the sort of way that we would, mm-hmm. you know. If you want ranch dressing, yes, I will look around the city for ranch dressing for you. <laughs> because we're we're focused on, like, the higher end of hospitality mm-hmm. and, and what that actually means. It's just, like, knowing what the guest wants, try, trying to anticipate what the guest wants, and then delivering on that. Um but you know, uh, there's different tiers of rest. Like I said, it's a you know, it's not black and white. There's a there's a big scale in there. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how far up that scale you want to go, mm-hmm. and what your what your ultimate goal is. Yeah. What is your ultimate goal with uh, Eden? Do you think? Uh, to make people happy. <laughs> I like happy guests. I like <laughs> yeah. I like working the front of the house now. Uh, I've been bartending a little bit more since mm-hmm. Keenan left. Um, you know, helping serve tables, uh, actually getting a chance to interact with people. Mm. And that's wonderful. Like, you know, when you, when you get mm. the feedback, that immediate feedback of like, oh, my God, everything was great. Thank you so much. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's a great feeling. Mm. You know, that's why, why we work the long hours. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Was that hard to separate, to like step out from, you know, the kitchen and be in the front of house? Like, you know, in my head, I immediately go to, I would, I would now be trying to uh, manage both. 
you know, like be in the front of the house, but also looking back at the kitchen, especially Eden where it's right there and like, why is this taking so long or that isn't exactly how I would have done it sort of a mindset. I, I do manage both and I can step up to the pass and you know, Derek's just a wonderful human being yeah. and uh, he's a great compliment to our restaurant. Um, I, I don't worry about things with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he's going to do his absolute best and he might come up with something that I didn't think of in the middle of service and just implement it. Mm. And if it looks cool and I'm sure it tastes good, then I'll just run with it. <laughs> uh, but he, yeah, he, he's amazing. I mean, during parents weekend, we had like a little lull in business and there was a lady that was sick and he just made her chicken soup. Mm. Um, cause she, she really wanted soup. <laughs> so he's like, all right, I'm just going to make you chicken soup from scratch. Like, here you go. Enjoy. That's wild. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's incredible. Mm. He's a, a great asset to the team. Yeah. What's that like when, for a parents weekend? I have to imagine for for a restaurant like yourself, it's it has to like kind of feel good to maybe to have like people that are from bigger cities coming in who are maybe more understanding of what you're doing or like have seen it before. Yeah, I mean, parents week we always book it like a few months out, mm. and we have certain parents that that know that now. There's mm. one guy, Freddie, uh, he's from L.A. He owns he owns a restaurant there. Mm. Uh, and he'll book, like, he comes to Parents Weekend, he books Graduation Weekend. Mm. Um, or, well, not this year, but next year he will. Uh, but he comes for, like, you know, when they drop the kids off, he'll book Parents Weekend. Yeah. Um, they mm. g- they get it. Uh, they really enjoy it. They think it's unique. Mm. Um, you know, Freddie's a great guy. He, he brought us a bottle of 95 Opus 1. Mm. Uh, last time he came up, wow, it's like an eight hundred dollar bottle. That's quite wine. a gift, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just to like for us to try because he loves our restaurant, you mm. know, and he loves being able to come there and and have a good time and mm. enjoy with his family. Um, yeah, we have a lot of great guests, a lot of repeat guests for for those special weekends at Fresh U. Yeah, um, it's stressful though because we will overbook it a little bit and tell people, you know, this is weather dependent. Mm. If you can sit outside, then you mm. know we'll we'll allow it, but. You know, if it's 35 degrees and snowing, yeah. you're probably not going to want to have dinner outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm. But they're, and unfortunately, they fall, like, in those shoulder seasons where, like, it's kind of hit or miss. Like, mm-hmm. I think last year, November November 3rd was Parents Weekend this year. Mm. I think last year it was 65 degrees, which, which is totally fine. <laughs> but the, this year it was, like, 40-something. Yeah. And people still sat out there with their jackets on and, yeah. you know, had a nice time. I was trying to think, I was thinking about that the other day or like the weekend after because a couple, I heard from a lot of people how busy they were. I mean, obviously downtown is packed and even the outline restaurants, I mean, out in Baldwinsville, they get people from that are in town for parents weekend and and for those big SU events. I don't know what that number is of, um, you know, how many parents and family members come in that weekend. I don't even know what the student population is up at Syracuse to to be able to like kind of you know roughly double that, but let's just say it's ten thousand people. I'm sure it's more than that. Okay, so it's wild. Like I was thinking to myself, okay, what would happen if we had that many people just here in Syracuse all the time? Would the economy be that that much better? I mean, obviously they're here on the weekend and like you know they're staying in hotels and booking flights and renting cars and. I mean, I got we were we're shut down for the season with the food tours, but I got, um, you know, six people that booked food tours the night before on you know Friday night for a tour the next morning. 
um, for parents weekend and I had to cancel them because I didn't have anybody to give the tour. But, um, uh, but I was thinking about that. Like what if Syracuse had that increased population, how much better would the scene and our economy be? Well, we're going to find out, right? Micron, <laughs> Micron's the big savior of central New York. Um, yeah, I don't, I think that, I mean, there's, there's, there's two, there's two, um, things about that that I think are important to, to realize. And one of them is that those people are not home. Mm-hmm. So they're out right. doing so they're not, they're not, obviously they can't cook in our hotel room. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one part. And two is that they're in a new place. So they're just trying to explore, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think if you just increase the population, 10,000 people, it wouldn't really make that much of a difference, but <laughs> you know, 10,000 tourists right. does make a difference. Like Vermont is totally based on tourism. Yeah. I think one of the restaurants I worked at, between Christmas week and President's week, we did seventy percent of our business for the year. Mm. Wow, which is insane. Yeah, um, mm. yeah. Um, so that's yeah. you know, tourism is uh, people spend money when they're yeah when they're traveling. It's not because of tourism, but it's the same thing with us with the Eat Local card. We sell ninety percent of them from Black Friday to Christmas Day. You know, um, I've got to say that I was surprised with this is the first year doing the food tours, and I know I brought that one group in that you know that one day before you guys were even open. Um, I'm floored at how many people come to Syracuse as tourists throughout the summer who have zero connection to Syracuse. Um, they're not even coming in for a specific event. I mean, we didn't give that many tours this year, maybe, maybe 150 people. Um, eh, maybe not that many, maybe it was 75 people that came through that we did tours for this summer, but I would say a, a solid half of them were tourists to the area who were just here just because like they were vacationing in Syracuse or in, in central New York, um, you know, for a week. And, and that absolutely floored me. I never thought that that was that Syracuse would be, I'm sure a lot of them, like a lot of them that we talked to, like they were spending like two days in Syracuse and then going to skinny Atlas or Ithaca or wherever. But it was still very surprising to me how many people are coming through the city. Well, I mean, there is a Finger Lakes, so you right. know, there's that whole wine region, yeah. um, which is an important wine region in America, in the world. Um, and there are there are cool things to do here. I mean, it, it is pretty. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I woke up this morning like super early, mm-hmm. saw the sunrise, and I was like, oh, you know, Syracuse is all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I just had that feeling, <laughs> like you know, it's, it's yeah, it's not it's not a, it's a good place to be. Yeah, you know? it is. Um, yeah. So there's a I mean, there are parts of Syracuse that are beautiful, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, I don't think that we should forget that when we're talking about all the, it's easy to be <laughs> negative. Um, you know, there's Green Lakes and, right. and you know, yeah. Tully and, and, and that valley, you know, mm-hmm. um, the Labrador unique natural area. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think I always I'm, get a kick out of that side whenever I drive by. <laughs> I do think I think Central New York is a great area to to live and raise a family for sure. Um, you have, but I do think it's important to get out of Syracuse. Like traveling this year, going like from I've been from Buffalo, Rochester, Sackets Harbor, Binghamton, New York City, and a lot of places in between, and to visit different restaurants and go out to eat and. Um, just for like the, just for your awareness of food, it's so important to get out of Syracuse. Um, no matter where you live, it's important to get out of your hometown and just experience those different foods because 
there's some people out there that like I've never like met people with such passion for food before. This guy, uh, this kid, um, was 32, Luis, who owns Peels on Wheels in Rochester, a pizza shop. I, I mean, I've had pe- this year alone. I've had pizza. I haven't had every pizzeria, but I've had. I've probably had 50 different pizzas, 50 from 50 different pizzerias in New York State this year. This is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Okay. Four different styles. He did a Sicilian, a Grandma, a New York, and a Detroit. And I got to try all four of them in one day. And I, I've just, I've never had anything like it before. Um, and his passion for everything. It's just, it was absolutely crazy. Um, really, really great. And he's just an hour away. It is great when you meet those people that are like culinary professionals and they're just really passionate about. Yeah. Especially if it's just one thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I guess Yemen was was passionate about a lot yeah. of pastry stuff. Yeah. But just to sit down and talk with him about like starter and fermentation, mm. or like even you know Tim from Berry Dead Corn. Yeah. Um, just to like for him to rattle off like you know the bread of myces and you know this yeast mm-hmm. and that yeast and you know he you can tell he's really passionate about it and that's. That's the cool part about the culinary industry. Yeah, is that you really can be like impassioned and mm-hmm. and um, authentic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I always have to remind myself that like success is not five locations of your restaurant and you know a Porsche, right? Success is whatever you set your goal to be. And so for for some people, success in the restaurant industry could be a small shop, and you make. You know, you sell 200 pizzas a night and you're done. You close because that's all you made. And, you know, for others, it's I want to own six restaurants in Westcott, right? So it just depends on who you are and what your goals are. Um, I mean, do you want to be Daniel Hume from 11 Madison Park or do you want to be Danny Meyer and own Shake Shack? Yeah. You know, they started together. They just, Danny had a different vision. Yeah. Hmm. I'm sure that he makes a lot more money than Daniel. (laughs) But, you know, Daniel's probably really passionate about what he does. I've never met him. Yeah. What, so what's your vision? I mean, what's your, I mean, not vision, but what's your, what is your hope for Eden? Is it to like, you know, make it to year five and kind of get over that hump and, and sort of, you know, exist and be able to like push, you know, kind of keep Syracuse relevant? Is it to, you know, kind of have this and then see what happens down the road? Um, is it to like open 10 Edens across the country? I don't think I want to open 10 Edens. I think that would put me in my grave. Um, Right now, like the short-term goals are there are some things I want to fix with the restaurant. I want to change the lighting. Um, We're going to buy another wine fridge this year. Mm. Uh, You know, it's it's just to like make small improvements. Um, So we're going to buy a wine fridge. We're probably going to bring the wine list international instead of just New York. We're going to Mm. still focus on New York. Uh, But there's there's an opportunity there that I think we're missing, mm-hmm. you know, after, after four years of being told you got to have something besides New York wine, I'm finally getting it. <laughs> um, and my business partners are funny. They're like, you've won this battle. Why are you giving it up now? Because like, I won it. <laughs> and uh, cause there's no one else in Syracuse <coughs> doing the alternative. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, with St. Urban closing, like that leaves a huge hole in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to try out some French wines too. Yeah. Um, so we're going to improve the wine list, um, improve the wine storage, change the lighting up a little bit. There's a couple other projects I want to work on. Um, and then we have some ideas for the upstairs of the restaurant, uh, maybe like a date night, like cooking class kind of thing, mm. which would be a That's lot cool. of fun. Yeah. And then maybe we expand. If I can get everything 
to the point where I don't have to be there on a daily basis to manage any of it, and I can just come in once a week and and not worry about you know is the trash taken out or you know the the little things. Um, if I can get to to the point where the restaurants managed without me needing to put more that that much input into it, mm-hmm. then we'll consider doing something maybe somewhere else or opening mm-hmm. like maybe a, a really nice bar. Yeah, um, with like you know. Hmm. burgers and sandwiches and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. So if you could, there's two, a couple questions I had, but if you could, if you could change one thing or add, not change, if you could add one thing to the local restaurant scene next, you don't have to own it. You don't have to manage it or anything like that. But like, man, you know, just even as from a consumer standpoint or industry professional, what would you, what would you hope to, to have different or be added? I mean, I, my, what I would really like to see is more small mom and pop shops doing like just what they do really well. You know, if you're gonna open a taco place, I mean, not not to knock Exo Taco, but like if you're gonna open like that lady that mm-hmm. was from, yeah. was from Jalisco, like open a taco shop that just kills it, you yeah. know? Um, open a Korean barbecue that is like just on point and it's like family run small, not, not like blown out and, you know, to the point where they can barely handle what's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, that just like the focused, like small restaurants that are, that are doing great things. Mm -hmm. You look at great food cities, like, like Portland, Maine's a great food city. Mm -hmm. You have restaurants like duck fat, uh, even tide oyster company. They're small and they're, they're hyper focused on what they're doing and they're doing it really well. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. And also, now we need a modern French place. Yeah. <laughs> because both of them are closed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you got to get going soon. So, but uh, if, what are the places? You know, uh, what are the places you eat at during the week? Uh, I have Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday off. So, um, yeah, Macho. <laughs> <laughs> I went to um, is it Mr. Noodle and Mrs. Dumpling? Yeah. Um, I I ordered all of the appetizers on that menu <laughs> and ate them by myself one day. Uh, was it good? It was good. Yeah, yeah. Alex and Lauren said that was good, but I never went. I'm not sure if they make it there. Mm-hmm. I think it, it probably comes in prepackaged. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It just it, it would appear that way to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they might It'd be really cool if they did. Um, yeah, Syracuse could use a really good dim sum place too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. focused on dim sum with a little cart that they wheel around. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. What, well, dim sum is different, but, um, there's, there's one place I haven't been to and I, I'm curious to find out if there's others. Um, there's one place over Fayette street, East Fayette. And, um, there's a Chinese place and a Korean place. I haven't been to the Korean place yet, but Tim and Crystal said that it's really good. That they've been there. Uh, a few times, but uh, there's a, ch- I forget, it's like old something, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but uh, cafe, Chinese place on East Fayette, hole in the wall, I think there's only one employee that speaks English in there, and um, it's expensive, but authentic Chinese food, I'm it's the only, probably the best you're going to get in the city. <laughs> I'm the only white guy that's in there, one of the few times I've been in, 
and they had um, pork intestine on the menu that I got, and it was so freaking good. I mean, I've never, it was absolutely delicious. Um, but the Korean place next to it, I want to go check out because I've heard really great things about it. Okay. Um, but I'm curious if, if, like, I wonder if, like, how many of those other little hole-in-the-wall places exist. Maybe, like, you know, I don't know if there's anything up on the hill or not, but uh, that exists around town that I just didn't, I've never heard of, you know. Um, I, would, I would love to know more about that, you know, and I, I yeah. had a conversation with um, Sarah Preventi and Charlie Miller mm-hmm. about that, like, the, the food writing. Um, just, like, highlighting those places, yeah. you know. A lot of a lot of the articles we see, and I understand why they write what they write because um, they want clicks. Yeah, you know. Uh, but I I would love to see more like, mm. you know, this restaurant is this tiny little restaurant is doing amazing intestine. Yeah, like not, they probably wouldn't get a lot of clicks. No. But because um, <laughs> I posted about that pork intestine dish and nobody nobody liked it. <laughs> nobody liked that. But you know, presenting it in a way that like that. Gets people interested. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the the media in this town like kind of back up the things that are wonderful mm-hmm. instead of just like you know this this place closed, this place is opening. Like, yeah, it kind of seems like the bare minimum. Like, I'd, I'd like to just see more. And you know, we talked about it, and I think that we're gonna we're gonna work together on something at some point. That's cool. Um, I hope to. Yeah, uh, but you know, I I also get where they're coming from. Like, they need add money to keep their right. newspaper afloat and newspapers are a dying industry. So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Although I do feel like things are switching. I maybe it's just, um, maybe I'm just, I have a different focus. I do feel like things are going hopefully, at least I hope they are from what I think feel long to like more longer form content in all areas and hopefully maybe less clicky. I don't know. I just feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. If I'm going to listen to a podcast, I listen to three-hour podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Lex Freeman, Joe Rogan, uh, Huberman. Yeah. You know, those are the ones that I'm interested in. Because mm-hmm. I want to get down to, like, the, the nuts and bolts of it Yeah. Um, if I'm interested in something. It's yeah. like, if I if I search something on YouTube, like, I'm trying to learn something, mm-hmm. I'm going to click on the longest video first and then <laughs> kind of go back from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I've been doing that with trying to figure out Detroit pizza right now. And... I've only baked two, and I still don't have it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, no problem. And uh, everybody who's listening or watching, go check out Eden in Hanover Square in Syracuse. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I just want to encourage all you restaurant owners again, head over to yummysocials.com yummy.socials on Instagram and give us a follow. And, uh, you know, we're releasing a weekly podcast talking all about tips for social media growth and business growth geared towards independent restaurants. So head over there and give us a follow yummy.socials. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We're going to catch you back here next week on a brand new episode of the eat local New York podcast.